Hey, yo, what up, y'all? I am excited to share this with you. I could sing a song right now. Like, I could do backflips right now. I can do all of that. The Straight Up Podcast is now a part of the Growth Day Podcast Network. You heard it right. I told you, this year, I am not playing. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world, impact to the world, purpose to the world, and to support shows and brands that we believe in. That's what I'm a part of Growth Day. It's all about impact. And guess what? One of my friends is a part of this network, and I need you to go subscribe to his show. His name is Brendan Bruchard. I know y'all know Brendan. If you don't know Brendan, you're about to know Brendan. Go subscribe to Motivation with Brendan. Brendan is a thought leader changer. He is an OG in this space. He's helped my life so much. I could talk about Brendan for three hours. Just go listen, and I promise you, your life will never be the same. Again, it's called Motivation with Brendan. Go subscribe today and watch how your life is impacted. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to today's episode of Straight Up Podcast. I'm Trent Shelton. And listen, if you haven't listened to Friday's episode, go listen to it. I know some of y'all are like, Friday? Like, when you only release Straight Up on Wednesday. I had a bonus episode Friday, and I think you're going to love it. If you love my videos, you're going to love it. Six or seven minutes. And if you guys really love it, then it might be something I do every single week or bi-weekly. And at the end of the episode, I actually do something pretty special. And I, I'm not going to make y'all go listen to it. And just to, I'll tell y'all right now. I introduce my text messaging community. Okay? So if you want to text me, and it's my number, it's me. It's not somebody that I hired. It's not my team. It actually goes to my phone. I can't respond to everybody, obviously. But I wanted to create this for you guys. If you guys have questions, I want to send you daily inspiration. I want to send you exclusive stuff. So if you want to be a part of that, all you have to do is text straight up. Okay? Just straight up to 817 817- 242-2719. All right, it's 817-242-2719. I cannot wait to communicate with you guys, and it's really, really cool. So enough of that. Let's get into today's episode. So I told you this guy is my hero. He's somebody I've actually known for 35 years. Can you believe it? 35 years I've known this guy. And this guy is my father, George Shelton. Um, a lot of people ask me, like, who's my favorite speaker? And most people would be like, they'll think of somebody, you know, like that's on TV. And I always tell people, my favorite speaker is my dad. And I'm not just saying that because he's here. You guys have heard me talk about it. If you follow me, if you listen to me, I would say, who's my hero? It's my dad. And I think that's how it should be. He gave me and my brothers the roadmap to being a better man. He gave me and my brothers the roadmap to stand up for what's right, to speak out. So I owe this man everything. And I want to share him with you guys. What's up, rehabbers across the world? Welcome to Straight Up with Trent Shelton. Throughout my career, from the NFL to sold-out stages speaking to thousands, I built up a toolkit to break through negative mindsets, let go of what's holding you back, and start rehabbing your life. And every show is going to be jam-packed with tips, tricks, and tools to push you forward. I'm always going to be real with you and give you the 100% truth, even when it's going to pierce your heart. This is me, Trent Shelton, Straight Up. So welcome to the Straight Up Podcast, my dad, Mr. George Shelton. What up, dad? I'm good, Trent. Thanks for having me. Everything's good. Work from home every day. And I know work from home could be harder than working from work. But it also gives your mother a chance to see how hard I work. But at the same time, it gives me a chance to be with her and take care of doing this COVID-19 time. What about yourself? How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Being able to be in the house. And this is a spot where rehab time started, you know. Uh, so it's, it's always... 
it's I mean we have the shirts everywhere, everything, but it's always good to come back to a place where it started and be able to interview you. This has always been one of my dreams. It's so super cool. So it's not going to be an interview. It's going to be a conversation. The thing I want to start off with, because people don't believe this, and so I've always told people this, so I'm going to let you tell them this. They don't believe that my whole entire life, even now, like I'm an introvert. So can you like verify that, please? <laughs> well, I want to say one thing first. I kind of miss real time being here because I could pick out the shirt of my choice. <laughs> <laughs> so because I see them all over the bed. But, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, as Trent say, he have two brothers. And uh, I've always been a pretty talkative person. In fact, uh, uh, I've been with UPS now. I'll be 45 years on July the 3rd. Uh, been married for 45 years. I, I, was, I was telling Trent earlier that uh, uh, it, him, the wife and the job go hand in hand. Everybody like, why don't you retire? And I'm like, if I leave UPS, she might leave me. So It's a package deal. <laughs> it's a package deal. It's a package deal. In fact, when I started on July the 3rd, I promised her when I get a job that I saw a future, we would get married. She uh, uh, sent an invitation out on July the 5th, and y'all know why I didn't go on the 4th because the mailman wasn't running. But 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 back back to your question, you know, uh, Trent was always super, super quiet. And in fact, a real quick story. We're in New Orleans. My oldest son won Mr. Bonneville, which is the highest award you win at that high school because, you know, you're talkative, you're a good student, and you're a good athlete. So we moved to Texas, and, and uh, my, middle, my middle son wins Mr. Crowley. So same, same criteria. So I'm like, man, Trent is the greatest athlete. He's going to get a big scholarship. He got NFL dreams. He was also a great baseball player. Probably could have went to the league in baseball. So I know he's going to win something. We get to know Crowley. He don't win nothing. (laughs) He don't win homecoming king. He don't win MVP or nothing. So I found out that people thought he was stuck up because he didn't talk. It wasn't he was stuck up. He just didn't talk. So we go to Baylor. And if you Baylor Bears, y'all hear it's true. His senior year, he had an outstanding year. No doubt he's going to win one of these awards. He didn't win nothing again. The people at Baylor thought he was stuck up because he didn't talk. And the reason, they, the reason I know they know he should have won because the coach came to me afterwards and said, Mr. Sheldon, I'm sorry, no Trent should have won, no, won those awards. But I said, no, but this. We're not worried about man's awards. Trent is going to get God's reward. And I thought that meant the NFL. I didn't have no idea it meant that one day he'd be the speaker that he is. Because as I said, if we went to Vegas, if you put your money on Trent, you've been rich. Because the odds would have been long odds. One in a million probably. You put your money on my son, Todd, you probably win. Trent, Terry right in the middle. But Trent... No, I would have I would have lost all my money because I would have bet no way is this son gonna be a motivational speaker. I can't get him to say three words at home and at school. Now, he passed all his grades, and made good grades, but he sure didn't talk much. So yeah, this shocked me and my wife. In fact, they had a 30th birthday celebration for him at his old high school, and me and my wife that was our first time hearing him speak live, and me and her was like, "Well, y'all should see my face." We were like. <laughs> Is this Trent? <laughs> so then I began to see what people were excited about. So it shows once again that God has a plan for you. And Trent always stood on that Jeremiah 29, 11 that, you know, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And God definitely had a plan for Trent's life because, as Trent always said on a lot of his podcasts, he thought he should be Trent, the NFL player. And we found out that was just a stepping stone for God to use him. And it reminded me of the story of Moses. Moses, couldn't, Moses he, it wasn't that he couldn't talk. He stuttered. So he's like, God, how can you use me? God said, I can use you. So you need to be like uh, Isaiah 54 and 17 when he says, who shall I go? Who should I send? Here I am, God, send me. 
And that's what Trent has done. And back to the original question, yes, he shocked me. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of like when Ali beat Liston. I don't know if you ever played a tape. He said, he shocked the world. Well, I felt, <laughs> I, I felt like Ali that day. I was shocked when I went to hear Trent speak and saw how God had took him to that level of speaking. Man, one thing about me, I love fashion. And I always made a promise to myself, once I started my brand, I would come out with my own brand. I would rock my own clothes. I would wear my own hats. And today, I just released my new line of hats at shoprehabtime.com through Shopify. And listen, y'all, it's so easy. All because I use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, whenever, whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And just keeping it straight up, Shopify helped me take my brand from out the trunk because I was selling my merch out the trunk to now a worldwide brand reaching customers all across the globe. And what I love about Shopify also, there's no limit. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because business that grow, grow Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Trent. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Trent now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash Trent. Make sure Trent is lowercase. Let's get it. It's funny, Deb, because well, y'all heard it, so you guys now can believe it. But it's so funny because people who know me like pre-rehab time, every time they see me now, they're like, like you said, is that Trent? Like, that's crazy. Like, he's talking. But people who know me post-rehab time, it's hard for them to believe that. Like, it's hard for them to believe that I didn't speak. And it was about me walking into my fear. And so I really want you, while we're on it, I want you to talk about that because I'm not just saying this because you're here. Um, if you ever heard my dad speak, and some of you know this, listen to this. If you're in a Fort Worth, Dallas area, I mean, all over, all over the, the, the United States, my dad is known for his cheers in the stance. You can probably YouTube some of them. He's known for his uh, his charisma, his the way he he art, articulates, the way he brings examples and parables as he preaches. Like you're known for this. I've seen you use toys, puppets. I've seen you use everything. And so, where did that come from? Have you always been a person? I knew you grew up in a household with a lot of with a lot of competition, a lot of brothers and sisters. So, have you always been that person? Uh, that is not afraid to speak. And what would you tell a person listening to this, like how you find that confidence in being a speaker? 
Well, I got two, a uh, couple of areas to say on that. Is that when I look back on my life, I always had the gift to gab and, of course, the gift to speak. And even they put me in a play in the fifth grade on the radio, right? And I didn't take acting lessons. Boom. One time uh, they, 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 they had remodeled our house and they asked me to do a commercial. First take, the commercial was just supposed to go and show to other people. They came and said, Mr. Sheldon, can we put that on national TV and we'll, we'll pay you more? So later on, and then at UPS, uh, I tried to get promoted, and, and once again, I, I couldn't for whatever reason. I go and do a speech, immediately got promoted. I go to another speech, immediately got promoted. So I start taking young UPSs under my wings and said, look, if you can speak in front of people and articulate, you got a great chance of getting promoted. And they would be nervous. I said, look, I can write the speech for you. But one thing I learned is not who write it, can you deliver it? And so we would work to, with those people. And every one of those people, seriously, y'all, they ended up getting promoted off a of speech. And I tell people, I said, I worked my tail off and couldn't get promoted. And I go give a 10-minute speech, and all of a sudden, I'm this hero. But later on in life, my mother-in-law, bless her heart, she came and told me, said, George, it's a gift. So now I realize that uh, it's a gift that God gave me. It's a gift that Trent have. And, 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 and he's, the, the word of God said, your gift will make room for you. And I've always wondered why every time I would go somewhere and speak, seriously, I would get a standing ovation and other people barely got a clap. And I'm like, what did I say so significant to make this happen? So once again, my mother-in-law identified it that uh, it's a gift. And I want to tell you all something. Every time I speak, I still pray. Because you can give a thousand good speeches, <laughs> people are going to bring up that one bad one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I still don't take that for granted. But I know you at UPS, they, they would put us in a course called Dale Carnegie course because a lot of people would actually literally be about to use the restroom themselves before they speak. And that's why I used to always go to the bathroom first before I spoke. <laughs> I'm serious. So when that feeling came, I knew. I'll do that too, actually. <laughs> hey, trust me, y'all. Get, get that out the way so if you feel that you know it's just the enemy trying to trick you. And after the Dale Carnegie course, the, the, the guy came and offered me a job. He said, you're a natural at this. And I said, oh, he probably offered all these people a job. So I checked with other you parents. They know you offer us a job. So early in my life, I didn't know it was a gift now I realize that, and I try to use it now strictly to uplift the uh, word of God and let God use me. And uh, believe me, I- I'm proud of Trent because he said that uh, I'm his favorite speaker. Well, not because he's my son, but he's mine. And I go to UPS convention. They have speakers there, right? And I told them, I said, I'm not saying because my son. I know good speakers because I know what good speakers do. And y'all haven't bought a speaker here yet that, Touch Trent. I'm not, I wasn't lying to him. I'm just telling the truth. I said, because people don't like to sit and get bored. Yeah. They, 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 you know, I don't. So that's another reason why I try hard to give a good talk because I don't want to see somebody who just fall asleep on me. You that's know? the worst. Exactly. So the deal is you put a little humor in it, you put meat in it, and you check out your audience, you know, to, to keep them engaged. So, you know, I'm telling you out there is that if you have that fear of speaking, they have courses you can take that can help you. Or do something even crazier. Guess what I did in Dale Carnegie course to show people that they didn't have to be scared to speak? I jumped up and did a handstand. And the guy said, this guy's willing to do a handstand in front of everybody. Why are you afraid to say five or six words? So that's what it's all about, you know, building your confidence 
and practice. I'm serious. Get in front of the mirror and practice speaking. You know what I mean? Back speaking. When I was little, we used to practice dancing with the doorknob. You know what I mean? You don't want to go out and be square and hang on the wall. <laughs> so if you can practice dancing, you can practice singing in the shower, get in front of the mirror and, and practice speaking. Tape yourself and listen to it. And, uh, you know, uh, God can use anybody who's willing to be used. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's like that with anything. And the same thing I we're... I mean, I guess I get it from you, but I, it's the same thing I tell people is like focus repetition. You know, even with Tristan's football team, we were talking to them yesterday. A lot of them are afraid. A lot of receivers are afraid. And I was like, you're afraid because you're just new at something. I was like, think about driving a car. The first time people drive a car, they're driving. You're, you're afraid. I remember I first got her behind the wheel, probably younger than what I was supposed to. <laughs> but, but as I done it, as I did it over and over and over again, I became more comfortable in it. So just just realize that repetition also something my dad said it was a gift and in this world either you use your gift or you're going to lose your gift right we all have gifts inside of us and oftentimes we ignore it even i ignored it at a point because this was spoken over my life since i was younger but i was so focused on what i wanted to do that i didn't hear the, the calling that god had called in my life so Understand that thing that you might not think is major but you feel that strong passion whether it's speaking whether it's drawing whether it's starting something like, go do it. Go give it to the world because there's somebody out there that needs it. Which brings me to you working at UPS. You said 45 years, right? Right. 45 years. So I'm 36 years old. And I remember, like, I wanted to be work at UPS. Even when I see the trucks today, and I actually saw some trucks. They did a great job, by the way. Uh, the guys did a great job. But I used to, like, I remember I had the truck. I wanted to work for UPS. Uh, it was just because that's what I was around. Like, you were my hero. I wanted to do that. But 45 years... How does someone stay consistent for 45 years? How don't how do you not get, you know, obviously you can retire if you want it, but you're still working. How do you still stay hungry for it? And how do you stay at a place and elevate for 45 years? Because I just believe we live in a generation right now, especially with social media, it's instant gratification. People want handouts. People want to barely work. They want to get promoted. They want to get promoted just because, just because of I've been here for this long. So like, what do you say to people who want handouts and like, how was your journey of 45 years in UPS? Well, well I tell people this. Uh, a lot of people know I hurt my hip at a young age, at 19. My sports career went uh, down the tube. I moved to San Francisco, California, got into a business college, got a little more education. And I always told people, I wasn't looking for a handout, I was looking for a hand up. Mm. And once I got that hand up, then I began to try to help other people also have that hand up. So if people were willing to take coaching and listening, listen, then, you know, I would develop them. So what keeps me motivated now is for once, uh, once, one of the things is doing the best I can do. I've always, I've always had that, 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 that drive, just like you in sports trip to be the best. I wanted to be the best, not for bragging rights, but for the fact that you just want to give your all. So at UPS, you know, what I've done to really keep me, uh, keep it rewarding. I've taken a lot of young people under my wings and seriously, uh, five out of the last six promotions at UPS have been people who worked for me. Uh, or either I hired or I trained. So when I see them moving up the ladder, it makes me feel that my work is not in vain. And once again, you know, I, I, I try to help people. Anybody come to me with a problem, I'm going to try to help them. If, if I don't know the answer, I'm going to go get the answer. And, you know, uh, uh, they had a bow and a lot of the older guys left. So I told people, I'm not as smart as I used to be. They said, what do you mean? I said, some of my brains left. You know, those guys who retired who I could call on, right? So, you know, can't be a know-it-all, but at least if you know who to call to get that help. But the thing is, you know, you got to want to help people. Let me give you a real quick story. 
they took me to Atlanta to train people uh, on, on motivation. So I was glad my boss saw that that was a trait that God had given me. So I told people, you heard the saying that you can drive a uh, lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I said, I can lead every horse to water, make drink every time. They're like, how? I said, okay, go around this round. I need everybody to tell what their favorite beverage is, that one they just love the most. And all those have water in it. So I go and buy everybody their favorite beverage, and they all drink. And then one guy said, well, that's too much trouble. I said, that's why you can't get your people to do the job for you. You think it's too much trouble to go to that extra effort, that extra mile. So my people who work for me will tell you, they just did a survey on me, just getting God to glory. The survey was off the chain. I said to my boss to show him that you can hold people accountable, but treat them fair. They're going to still rate you good because they know you fair and they know you care. A lot of people, they, they did another survey. They said that kids who did, got away with everything they wanted to get would eventually turn out not as good and up not liking their parents. Kids who had discipline, like Trent said he had, they end up turning out okay or good and end up respecting their parents. So I hold my people accountable but I go that extra mile for them. So once again, if you want to make people drink, go and ask what their favorite beverage is. Now, don't give them no alcohol at work, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you, so this is perfect because there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are in leadership roles, right? Whether they, they have their own company, whether they are coaches, or I always say everybody's a leader. Maybe they're just the head of their household. Uh, you obviously raised three boys, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. My question to you is this. As a leader... Um, for your company, if you had to say one thing, and you could say more than one if you want, but if you had to say one thing that makes a leader a great leader, uh, what would that be on top of the things that you just said? Because I think that was brilliant. Well, to me, it's, it's, I, I got to go with two things. Learn what you're doing and take care of your people. Hmm. I promise that formula is just that simple. I had a, I had a, a UPS to call me two weeks ago, and they said, George, I need help. I got a major project. They told me what the project was. It was a 15-minute project, you know, but I knew the job. So she said, yeah, but every time my boss told me, I get so scared. I said, why do you get scared? Because everything she asked you to do, you don't know how to do it? She said, yeah. I said, that's the problem. Once you learn your trait, learn what you do, you're not going to be nervous when people come at you. I tell people, you're not going to win a debate with me because I'm only going to debate the things I know. Right. <laughs> if I don't know it, thanks for teaching me. So learn your trait and treat your people well. They're going to respect you if you know your trait. If you don't know it as well as you need to, continue to learn and don't be uh, so scared to tell your people, hey, look, I need to learn more, a little more about that. And they're going to respect you for it. I have a person in, in one of my operations know way more about that operation than me. But she don't know how to motivate. Right. She she didn't know. She didn't know how to get the job done. Three years in a row, we've set record highs. That was the same person as therefore I got there. And not long, guess how long I've been there, y'all? Three years. The three years in a row, I'm like, how are you getting this person to do that? For years, UPS was sending me wherever they were struggling. So I got this reputation of being this great trainer. I would get there and find the people already knew the job. They were just scared to do the job. So what I did is motivate them and tell them to stop being so afraid. Get rid of that fear factor. You know what you're doing. I'm sure when you first went to the NFL, nervousness was one of your biggest things. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're in a new environment. So once you get confidence in what you're doing, then, you know, do it and do it to the best of your ability. And don't be afraid to mess up. Just don't cheat. You see what I mean? It's different between messing up and cheating up. 
don't cheat. In other words, don't use the stuff when they test you. They go find out that's why, that's why you're doing better. Now you're out the league, you know. So, so, you know, learn your job, but mainly treat your people like you want to be treated. My mother at, at an early age taught us that golden rule. Y'all, I grew up loving people. I'm not kidding. Everybody know me and say, no, nah, Mr. Shell love people. It's just a natural thing in my heart. I love seeing people excel. I love seeing people happy. I love seeing people's spirits uplifted. Because when they feel good, I feel good. So really, at the end of the day, Trent, if I put it on one thing, it's about treat your people with respect. And that's going to be the key. And, and while we're right there, I want to just even segue into this part because I didn't even plan to talk about this, but and this is a conversation. This is why I love just being straight up and just having these candid conversations because that's something about you that a lot of people say, I know, but the thing that they say about you, Dad, is you're giving, you're loving, you want to see people win, you want to push people, you motivate people, you help people, you'll give someone your last if, if it's just to help them out. Like, where did that come from? Um, is it, you know, the way that you grew up? And also, do you feel like, that's the secret to being blessed. That's the secret to to you to you winning. That's the secret to you know having boys that are striving, having a good family. You know, I always say building a a better legacy for the Shelton last name or forwarding that legacy or making it greater, like we all should do. So, do you feel like helping other people, giving, uh, being genuinely happy, has helped you become more blessed in your life? Man, no doubt. I mean, to me, learn to give and you learn to live, and I mean that. And if you've been in my position where you, uh, I talked about uh, another day about the half and half knots. I've been a half knot. So God said, would you rather be in a position to help people or a position to need help? I said, God, give it to me and I'm going to give it away. But I do tell people this. I'll give you my last dime, but I won't let you take a penny from me. So in other words, <laughs> you know, I ain't going to let you steal and mistreat me. But no, giving it, I've always been a giver, my, my mother tell you, and it pays off. I remember when I hurt my hip. Uh, all of a sudden I couldn't work and I was down on my blessing. I ain't going to say down my luck. So I went to people asking for some money. Everybody gave. They said, George, the way you've been given, we're we looking for a chance to bless you back. And I just could not believe it. But I've been on that end where people would be surprised. And when I was in California once, uh, I left business college and I went to school with a bus ticket to get to work. I said, I don't know how to get home. I'm going to find the money, right? Well, back in those days, people didn't leave pennies on the ground. <laughs> you know, now, now they'll pass by a penny. So I needed 50 cents to get home. I did not have it. I went to that bus station, wanted to find 50 cents. Eventually, I got talking to a guy. And, you know, it, it was a song out. Uh, it, was, it was a song called Fuck Does Say, Feet Don't Fail Me Now. Well, my feet failed me because you couldn't walk across the Bay Bridge. Otherwise, I would have walked home. I don't care if it was how many miles but I couldn't walk home but this guy went on and uh, had empathy and sympathy and ended up taking me home and you know so I know what it is not to have so I know how those people feel so no if I can give and bless somebody then that's what it's all about and and e even now I'll be honest with you I'm not working for me anymore the Bible says you leave a inheritance for your kids and your grandkids and that's my goal because like Tris say, I'm, I'm pretty thrifty. I drove a, a, a 9500 Accord to about two years ago. <laughs> I, I, I told, I, I just had this conversation with Marie in the car. Well, like, and that's the thing. Like, obviously you can afford, and I don't want to like get too off subject with this and take it to a whole other podcast, but that's so true. And I think it's rubbed off on me because even the car I drive, you know, somebody saw me today and like, you're Trent Sheldon. I think they were saying that because the car I was in, you know, but you've always taught me 
to to live to live modest. Like you always taught me, yeah, get things that you want to get, but don't get things because you want to impress other people. So you drove or before it broke down, I think for what, 19, 20 years, a Honda Accord when you could have easily afforded something else. Like, why is that? Like, what was the reason for that? Well, the car don't make you a star. And uh, so my thing is, God, give me something to get from point A to point B. I know it is to walk. I know it is to thumb. I know it is to catch the bus. I know it is to catch a taxi. So if you give me something from point A to point B, I'm going to be a good steward over it. And as long as it lasts, then I'm going to stick with it. People used to ask me at UPS years ago when we moved to Texas, they said, you don't have a car. All three of your sons driving new cars. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't figure out. But my wife, you know, she worked right around the corner from me. I let her drop me off of work. And pick me up. I didn't need a car. But I want my sons to be able to get the football practice with my wife having to go pick them up, things like that. So it's just, you know, God's always uh, had me modest, uh, you know, after I got past that teenage years of when you want everything, but you couldn't afford it. And, you know, after I did get on my feet, and uh, as soon as I got on my feet, I got married. <laughs> so so it wasn't a chance to go out and buy these toys and I realized that once I got married, it was all about taking care of your family. So, you know, you got to push back and, and, and bless your family. So, uh, once again, as long as the car got pointed to point B, I'm satisfied. Um, real quick story. Years ago, uh, we bought both our parents' cars. And uh, I never knew that my mother-in-law, when she passed, would wheel the car right back to me. The 2400 Sonata, when she wheeled it back to me, the car was 12 years old. It had 8,000 miles on it. And that's my car choice right now that I drive. It was like new when she gave it back. But it blessed my heart so much to give both those parents a car and, you know, to see the smile on their face. So, now giving just make me happy. And I think that anybody who have that true heart of God, Jesus gave. You know what I mean? And, you know, definitely nowhere near Jesus Christ. Hey, we're trying to be like him more every day, Christ-like. But no, uh, I just believe in giving. I know they did it. It's good when people know you for being a giver, not to pat you on the back, but know your spirit. Um, we, had, we had an exercise at UPS. It was about uh, 40 people. And the, the exercise was either a giver or a taker. And 39 out of the 40 people knew I was a giver. And the one guy that said I was a taker, when they asked him why, he said, I wasn't going to let it be 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 100% true with my father. Like, it's... Sometimes I'm like, man, why do you give so much? But he's blessed so much. And, you know, listen to this. I'm not trying to tell you what car to drive or what things to have. Like, whatever. Live blessed however you want to live. But my thing is don't do it just because of society or just to look a certain way. And also you want to leave something here, right, for when you move on to help your family. And he's done that for us. So I appreciate you for that, Dad. And something that I want to actually segue with this, and as you were talking, the word uh, trajectory came in my mind as you gave to people, as you help people, as you, you know, spread love to people, you don't know how much that changed the person's trajectory, right? Because you gave love, they experienced love through you. They're experiencing someone giving, like you said, somebody gave you something and that made you want to give. We live in a time right now where we have a chance and everybody listens to this. I want you to hear me clear. We have a chance to really change the trajectory for a lot of people, Right. For a lot of people that may have experienced a lot of hate for a lot of people who have been programmed a certain way, been programmed not to love a certain race. You're you could be the, the example that they meet that maybe you're a black man and, you know, this white man doesn't like you or you're or you're a white man. This black man doesn't like you, vice versa. Or maybe it's a man or a woman thing, whatever it may be. 
you can be the, the person that really changes the stereotype. And now they see somebody like you again, they, they remember, man, George gave to me. So, you know, this person must be a giver too. So I want to give also. So I want to commend you for that because that little ripple is like when you throw a rock, right? That little rock that, you, that was thrown to you has now made a huge ripple effect, right? It's made a huge ripple effect in my life where I want to be a giver. I want to be a helper because I've seen you do that. So the times we're living in, as we segue to this, because I want to talk about this before we get off, you've raised three black men in America. The question I want to ask you just candidly is, have you ever been afraid for us living in the, in the country that we live in, the world that we live in, knowing that you were raised in the 50s, the 60s? And maybe you can share a little bit about that. How was that experience? How was it different then than it is now? And um, what, what would be your advice to the world right now? Um to how we get through this, if you could just say any words. Well, you know, I want to say this first of all, is that you can't let men make you because God already made you. And so I'll be honest with you, Trent, even living in Louisiana, we know that in our neighborhood, we saw people with David Duke signs. But I had no fear because I knew God was going to protect you, protect me, and protect us. So we spoke up when we needed to speak up, but we did it professionally. And by the time we left that neighborhood that was very racial at the time, people were hating to see us go because they, they begin to, to judge us by the content of our character and not the color of our skin. So I just believe that if you don't let people change you from the person that God made you to be, it don't mean that some people are not going to say something ugly every now and then or act a certain way. But be honest with you, if you don't let them change you, you stand a good chance of possibly changing them. One of the most racial coaches y'all had ended up apologizing to me before he passed that, hey, I really wasn't racist. It was a political thing. I said, you put it any way you want it, but I forgave him. The neighbor across the street told us that they purposely tried to keep us out that neighborhood. Later on, she got saved and said, George, you end up being more of a father more of a father of my three sons than the real daddy. We're so glad you moved here. We don't know the blessing that, that we would have had if you hadn't moved here. So the thing is, don't let people make you because God's already made you. You can ask God to shape and mold you, but don't let people make you into that beast or make you into that violent person or make you into that person that got to curse them out. My mother always said, George, you got the ability to straighten somebody out without, without ever saying a curse word because I love you, but I'm not going to let you walk over me. So no, Trent, I didn't have no fear for you all because... And y'all didn't have no fears of because y'all, <laughs> y'all knew y'all daddy was going to let people walk over you and take advantage of you. And I told y'all, if you have a problem, I'll take care of it. Don't you take care of yourself. You stay respectful. Come home and tell me. And you know I went to the schools, never screamed and hollered. But when I went there, things changed. You had a situation in your life where, uh, I, I tell y'all the truth, a racist teacher tried to fail him. And... I said, told Trent, nobody's going to make me change that grade. When I finished talking to her, professionally and nice, not only did she change the grade, she started crying and lift the grade back up to an A because she knew she was wrong. And I, she thought I was going to call cussing and fussing. I called very professional, told her that, hey, this is the situation I agree with you on, and she was so happy. But now here's the situation I disagree with you on, which could have cost her her job. So treat people the way you want to be treated, once again, don't let people make you be the person that God made you to be. Well, yeah, so, and that's beautifully put, that because basically what you're saying is the wrong, the wrong thing or the wrong environment or 
something tragedy, right? Uh, like we're going through right now is the perfect time to display love. It's the perfect time to do what's right, right? It's to magnify what's right. And we know, you know, when things come up against us, right? Of course, you're going to be human. You're going to react certain ways. But at the same time, fire doesn't put out fire, right? You can bring that water of love, bring that water of of understanding to that fire. And eventually, when you don't fight fire with fire, eventually that fire will burn out. Question I want to ask you. Back in the 50s and 60s, and, uh, you know, we'll wrap this up here soon. But back in the 50s and the 60s, um, it, it was different. You know, I remember you telling me stories where you couldn't even eat in the same place. Uh, you had to get your food out in the back. You went to Central High School, look it up in Little Rock, uh, where it was segregation and it got crazy out there. Um, what do you feel has changed now? Has it got better? Um, or do you feel like it's still the same thing now? It's just magnified because of social media. And I guess just to, yeah, just talk about that. I mean, it's definitely better because we don't hear about churches being bombed. I'm not saying that may not happen here or there, but a house on my street got bombed over a racial incident in, in the late 50s. So it's no matter what the people think, especially young people, let me tell you, I'm not saying don't continue to fight for your rights, don't continue to protest, but trust me, things have gotten a lot better. Now, the good news about the social media is exposing some of the things that are still wrong. And if we had had social media back then, TV couldn't have covered it because there was so much wrong back then that you just wouldn't believe it. You know, beating people through confession. I said they're not doing that now, but I'm, I'm telling you now, things have gotten better. I'm praying that the uh, the attention of George Floyd's death will continue to help things get better. But people can't push back and all of a sudden go back and hide and stop protesting, stop asking for laws to be changed, things like that. So have they got really where we need to be? No, a long way from where we need to be. But I'm telling you, the time that I could not walk in this neighborhood that I'm living in, that's a perfect example of things that got better. It was a time that, you know, we could only go see James Brown. We couldn't go see Kenny Rogers. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm serious. We couldn't go to the white concerts. Not saying we really wanted to, but I'm just saying. So trust me, things have gotten a lot better. But I still feel that until people begin to sell out for God, and especially, I hate to put this like this, the so-called Christians, if you truly are a Christian, there's no way you could not be upset about what happened to George Floyd. If you say, well, well, uh, comply or die. You know, what kind of method is that? What if that was your son or your child? So to me, the Christian nation, God said my people would call by my name, you know, would speak up. Read that scripture for yourself, and he would heal this world. So the Christian community got to speak up like never before. You got to talk to your son before you walk out that door. Not necessarily to say that you got to act a certain way in front of police. You got to act the same way in front of the teacher. You got to act a certain way in front of me. And don't get me wrong, by doing certain things, don't give a people a license to kill. But at the same time, as a whole, we as Christians have got to act like Christians. Police officers who are Christians got to act like Christians. Fire people who are Christians got to act like Christians. Pastors who are Christians got to definitely start acting more like Christians. So until we sell out for God, then it'll never be where we want to be. 
but it has gotten better. And you know why? Because of the power of prayer. When Dr. King were marching, they were praying. They were singing songs of praise. And God is the one that made things better. And he's the only one that's going to continue to improve things. And until we set off for God, I feel the coronavirus, he'll, he didn't make it happen, be allowed to happen to get our attention. He said, I can stop the whole world. I can make everybody put on brakes. God is trying to get our attention. So, yes, Trent, things are better because I watch you. When, when, when I grew up, an NFL player was just somebody I saw on TV. They weren't even real. I had no goal to be an NFL player and player because I didn't think it was a realistic goal at all. I had to go get out of high school and get me a job. You know what I mean? So, no, uh, people, if you look at we have black businesses now way more than before. Google how many you had in the 50s and how many you got now. Google how many you had in the 60s and how many you got now. Google how many players are in the pros now black compared to then. So the question is getting better is no doubt about it. Are we satisfied? No way. But yes, for sure, things has gotten better, and we pray that they will continue to get better. And hopefully the death of George Floyd has sparked a movement that will make people understand that we got to start judging people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Absolutely. And I think we're moving towards that. You know, even just listeners of this podcast, I'm seeing I'm seeing people step up. I'm seeing people get outside their comfort zone because, you know, we're talking about this earlier. Like even you growing up, you was programmed, you know, to act a certain way. Like, you're, like you know, uh, Alberta said, you know, like, hey, like, no, you, you have to act this way in order, or else something else bad might happen to you. So there's a lot of people who have been programmed growing up. Um, and we can also deprogram ourselves and relearn and just, like you said, getting in the word of God and getting closer to him, and just operating Christ-like. As we wrap this up, Dex, I know we can talk forever. We're going to finish the conversation once we get off of here. This is the question I have for you. You have one message to leave, to leave the generation of Shelton's, right? So to leave Tristan, to leave your great, 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 great grandkids. They're going to hear this message. It could be 30 seconds. What do you tell them? My thing is always do your best. Always pray about your decisions, buying things or whatever. I know it's hard, but keep God first and respect every man starting with respecting yourself. See, one thing about those 60s and 70s, I didn't feel funny saying Mr. Johnson to the white guy because I'd say Mr. Johnson to the black guy, too. My folks said you respect all adults. So therefore, when I said, yes, sir, to Mr. White guy, I wouldn't be no Uncle Tom because when the black man came, yes, sir, the garbage man, yes, sir. So respect all men, all people, and you won't be into that little bubble, so to speak, of saying that, well, I got to act a different way around this person. No, be yourself with all men. Treat all men with respect. So my thing to the Shelton's, and I've watched my sons do that, treat everybody with respect. Trent, you've had friends come back to me and said that I was the dad in their life, and I didn't know that. They said, when you fed Trent, you fed us. What do you think? I'm going to feed them and say, I don't have a hamburger for you? Although I knew you went through a situation like that, a birthday party Todd talked about where they didn't have enough cake for you. But no, if you treat every man with respect, do your best and let love rule and abide. God's going to bless you tremendously. And a lot of these problems that you see will not come near your dwelling because you're covered with the blood of Jesus. Man, thanks that I appreciate you. I uh, love you. Uh, thanks for sharing that message, sharing your heart today. I know some of the, so many of the listeners got a lot of understanding, guys, and really taking in, listen, and apply 
you know, this is a man that's, you know, lived a long life and lived through so many different decades and eras and full of wisdom. And like I said, if you guys love me, just know I'm an offspring of him. So everything that I put out to the world, the seeds have been planted by him and my mom. And so, guys, thanks for listening. I appreciate you. I'll see you guys next week. Look forward to Fridays because I do have the bonus episodes and make sure you text me. All right. Text me. Hit me up. Like I always tell you, it all starts with you. Let's get it. Trent, thanks for having me. And I'm proud of you, son. Keep up the good work. And rehabbers, keep on doing what y'all doing. I'm proud of you all, too. Straight up. Let's get it. Man, one thing about me, I love fashion. And I always made a promise to myself. Once I started my brand, I would come out with my own brand. I would rock my own clothes. I would wear my own hats. And today, I just released my new line of hats at shoprehabtime.com through Shopify. And listen, y'all, it's so easy. All because I use Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, whenever, whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And just keeping it straight up, Shopify helped me take my brand from out the trunk, because I was selling my merch out the trunk, to now a worldwide brand reaching customers all across the globe. And what I love about Shopify also, there's no limit. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because business that grow, grow Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Trent, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Trent now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash Trent. Make sure Trent is lowercase. Let's get it. Hey, I want to make sure you got my phone number. Like, for real, for real. No kidding. Did you even know that I have a community text number? And if you don't, where have you been? So go ahead, take out your pen and paper, take out your phone, and write this number down. My phone number is 817 242. Yep. 2719. I'm gonna repeat it for you. 817 242 2719. People always ask, Trent, how did you get that community text number? And how does it work? Well, today's your lucky day. Go to community.com and go get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using texting. People just text you at the number. They're added to the group, and then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. Like, you already know, I text out podcast links, random things about life. I text out surprises, 
all the things that I don't post anywhere else except my rehabber text community. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly to you. And guess what? Now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your number. They'll give you a 10-digit real phone number. Not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than just a number, y'all. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS texting. This means you can actually manage your text links from your community and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts at certain times to certain groups. It even comes with auto-replies, so many things. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your phone number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for just that. So go to check them out at community.com. That's community.com. Let's get it.